Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We continue our sermon series, Freedom's Call, as we're walking through some of the big chunks of text in the book of Galatians. And so as Nathan was saying, Pastor Nathan was saying, how's your uh, reading of Galatians going? Right? Raise your hand if you've read the whole book in the past five weeks. All right? We've seen more hands. You got one more week. I want you to do it. Like he said, Johnny Cash can do it in 15. I bet you you could beat him, maybe 14. All right? Listen to the, Galatians, the story of Galatians, the letter to the Galatians. Open your Bibles. Read it. Let it soak over you because it's a message of freedom. It takes 15 minutes to read, but it takes a lifetime to digest what St. Paul is talking about in this letter. Uh, once again, for our text today, it is loaded with good stuff. And you know what? I realize every sermon, I always say that, I think, you know? Man, this text is just like 25 sermons in each text, and it's true. The Word of God is like that. The Word of God is like uh, the multifaceted diamond. There are so many aspects to its depth and its clarity and its wonder and its beauty and its power and its awesomeness and its freedom for us. So, where have we been in the book of Galatians? We've kind of been focusing on Galatians 5, where we've been called to be free. And we've kind of been talking about two different things, freedom from stuff and freedom to stuff. We've been talking about freedom from confusion, freedom from the past, freedom from the law. That was the whole Judaizer controversy in Galatia, right? So the Gentile believers in Galatia, they found Jesus, they found freedom, and then some Jewish believers came in and said, well, Jesus is good, but he's not enough. You've got to do a few more rules and regulations and follow these things, and you kind of earn your way to God. Paul comes in and says, that is completely wrong. You have freedom in Christ. You have the promise. God has delivered it to you in your faith in Jesus. You are freed from the law. And then we've been talking about what we've been freed to. We've been freed to really live life as a redeemed sinner, a sinner and a saint. Freed to call God Father. Vicar Trevor last week, great sermon. We can either ignore the Father, or we could try with all our might to please him, or we can just stand in his grace and mercy and his love. He calls us child of God. Today, we look at that freedom to something, freedom to serve one another. And this message from Paul of freedom to serve, it comes in the midst of two kind of polar opposite approaches that we often take to life or we take to the law of the Lord or to the word of God. Sometimes we're drawn to legalism. And sometimes we're drawn to lawlessness. And the Apostle Paul, he's going to throw all that aside. He says, I'm going to invite you to a higher plane. In verse 1, chapter 5, he says this. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's legalism. A yoke of slavery. Trying to please God by your own actions. Then he continues on in 13 to talk about lawlessness. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Lawlessness is throwing out the law. Lawlessness is saying, since I'm freed in Christ, I have license to do whatever I want. And then you start to put yourself at the center of the universe. Adam and Eve did that, didn't they? It didn't turn out too well for them. Paul calls us to rise above legalism and rise above lawlessness. He calls us to rise above those two slaveries, to a new plane of existence, to a new identity, to a new freedom. And in verse 13, he says it this way, you are free to rather serve one another humbly in love. That, my friends, is huge. 
to serve one another humbly in love. That's what our VBS people are going to be doing this next week, serving one another humbly in love. That's what we're doing when we go up to Compton Initiative. That's what Pastor Nathan did. Pastor Nathan, I'm going to lift him up for a second. He's had a crazy busy week. And this guy, yesterday, he got up and he went down to minister to a family whose son tragically died. Pastor Nathan was the first one on the call there to pray with them, to comfort them, to be with them in the midst of a tragic death. Pastor Nathan did that. Let's give Pastor Nathan. I, let's, I love working with Pastor Nathan. He's always out there making things happen, serving one another in love. It's huge. The Apostle Paul invites us beyond legalism beyond lawlessness. Legalism, it's slavery. It's slavery to a bunch of rules. And when we let legalism run rampant in the Christian church, which we've done in our history, haven't we? We come up with things like this. It says, no swimming on Sundays for Christians. Have you heard of stuff like that? Or how about this? Rock and roll music is of the devil. I don't know what happened just this morning. I, don't, I didn't feel the devil here. I felt the spirit of the Lord, right? Christians, when they become legalistic, they say things like, well, did you see her? She was wearing makeup. She's a Christian. Could you imagine? There shouldn't be dancing in Christian churches. There's all sorts of rules that we create when we follow a way of legalism. We try to earn our way to God, and it just runs crazy. On the other side of it is lawlessness. It's when you become a slave, not to the law, but you become a slave to yourself. And you make yourself God, and you do whatever you want. Like that song, it was a few years back. It says, if it makes you happy, it can't be that. Yeah, that was just a few years ago, right? No, I checked it out. It's 20 years ago, okay? I am way out of touch, man. Some of the younger people, you need to help me and mentor me and take me along to your side, all right? But that's lawlessness, right? It's that attitude that says, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Lawlessness. I've seen it in men's lives, certain husbands who will abandon their wives and their children, because they want to be happy. There's no freedom in that. Paul calls us to a higher plane of existence beyond legalism, beyond lawlessness, beyond being a slave to the guardian, to the pedagogue, as Vicar Trevor said last week, to the nanny of the law, beyond the lawlessness of a selfish, shallow slave worship. He points us to a freedom, a freedom that we find in Christ to serve each other humbly in love. Verse 14, Paul says it this way. He says this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have you heard that before? Yeah. You know what? You see, the reality is that we already love ourselves, right? We love ourselves. We're created with our, creative with our own lives. We're committed to ourselves, we are committed to ourselves for the long haul. It's not just a short-term thing. We want the best for ourselves when it comes to food and shelter and clothing and education and community and opportunity. We're passionate about our own lives. And it's not just a short-term thing. It's a long-term commitment. What Paul is reminding us here is that the freedom that we have in Christ frees us up to love other people the way we already love ourselves. He's inviting us to a higher plane of existence. Martin Luther said it this way. Pastor Bob quoted Martin Luther last, uh, last week in his sermon. Martin Luther said that first line, he said, A Christian man or woman is the most free Lord of all and subject to none. 
So first he's saying, first the gospel comes to us and it frees us from everything. It frees us from confusion in the past and bondage to the law and legalism and lawlessness. We're free children of God. But then look at this next statement. A Christian man, a Christian woman is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to everyone. Real freedom, freedom found in Christ. It spawns and it spurns joyful service, voluntary service, loving each other and serving each other humbly in love. Paul points out the opposite of that is completely terrible. In verse 15, he says, if you bite and if you devour each other, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. That, my friends, does not sound like freedom. You see, the only way to be free to serve other people is to find freedom in Christ, by Christ, by his spirit living in us. And so Paul says it this way in verse 16. He says this. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's lawlessness. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's lawlessness. Paul says you're freed from that. And then he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, and that means you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are free from the slavery of legalism. Paul says there's a better way walking by the Spirit. Now, he goes in to show in the next verses, and since there's no Sunday school, I'm not going to read them because they're pretty crazy. You read them, and you feel like you got to go take a shower. They're so bad, all right? 19 to 21, talk about what happens when you go the lawless route, when you put yourself at the center of the universe. But let me tell you just a few of the things he says. The acts of the flesh, they are impure, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, all sorts of things. Paul says that's what happens when you're over here in a a lawless state. He says there's a better way. There's a higher way. In verse 22, Paul says these words. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Don't you love those verses? I mean, they are filled with peace. They're rhythmic. They're positive. They're not a wagging finger saying, don't do this, don't do that, a legalism of judgment. They're a higher plane of existence. They're the fruit Fruit not of my mind, fruit not of my labor, fruit not of my will, fruit of not of my actions, and not fruit of me trying harder, not fruit of me trying to please myself, but it's fruit, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of God's Spirit alive in our hearts and lives. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Some people say that's it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and then all the rest of those words are just explaining what love is. I kind of like that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against those things. Verse 24, Paul continues and he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Our sin has been nailed to the cross with Jesus. And then in 25, Paul says, since we live by the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit. He doesn't say, well, if we live by the Spirit or possibly or maybe or perhaps or it might be that we're living by the Spirit. He says, you live by the Spirit. It's a fact. 
You have been baptized. You believe in God. You've received the supper. You confessed his faith. You live by the Spirit. My friends, Paul is pointing out to the fact that we have got to spend a lot of time there. We need to tell ourselves the truth over and over again. We need people around us to tell tell us the truth over and over again. You need me and Pastor Nathan up here telling you over and over again that you live by the Spirit. You are led by the Spirit. And that means the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos has placed his Spirit in you. He has redeemed you. He has called you his child. He's adopted you and given you inheritance and identity that you could never earn. It was gifted to you. And year after year, season after season, we grow deeper in that reality, in that identity, in that freedom. But how does that happen? Where does it happen? It happens right here, right now, as we worship. It happens as we lift up the word of God and we read it in our daily lives and together in community and as we serve each other. Since we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the Apostle Paul is saying, keeping in step with the Spirit, it takes time. Keeping in step with the Spirit, it yields the fruits of the Spirit. Well, how does that happen? We all want those fruits in our life, right? You list off that peaceful, those fruits, you're like, yeah, I want that for my life. I mean, I'd love for God to work in me that way, and I want to grow in that. But fruit takes time, right? Right? I've got a little orange tree in our backyard. It's put in, in, in a little pot. We bought it like three years ago. And I don't know, it was, it was not you know, a seed then. It probably existed for three years before that. And so the first year, not much happened with the orange tree, right? We watered it. We gave it sunlight. We put good soil around it, put some fertilizer on it, gave it the nutrients. Then every day, every week, every month, it's growing. Finally, in the second year, we had 23 oranges. I counted every one of them, and they tasted great. Now I already see on the orange tree, there's more, more than 23 little oranges already forming. It's going to take a whole other year before they come, but there's going to be more fruit. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better, but it just doesn't happen overnight. You can't go to the grocery store and buy the fruit of the Spirit. You see, we're like trees. We're created to bear good fruit. But if a tree is deprived of water, if it's ripped out of the soil, if it's taken and hidden from the sun, it will die and it won't bear fruit. We are freed children of God. The Spirit is within us and we, like trees, are fed, nurtured. When we are fed by the Holy Spirit in worship, when we're fed in the Word, when we're fed in community with each other, and we call that connect and grow here at St. John's, right? You've heard of those words? And that's not a legalistic law thing. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity. It's a higher place of existence to have our hungry souls fed in a life-giving environment year after year, season after season, daily, sunlight, regular watering. Eventually, eventually, we bear fruit, and we bear more fruit and better fruit, and our roots grow deeper. And who's the fruit for? A fruit tree never consumes its own fruit, right? It's always for others. I saw that last night at our Celebrate Recovery. Our Celebrate Recovery ministry continues to grow and blossom. Chris and Marielle Peterson were part of the forming team, the initial leaders four and a half years ago when we started. We had nothing, no Celebrate Recovery. We honored them last night. We gave thanks and praise to God for them. I said, about 100 people were gathered together. The Spirit was alive in worship, people finding freedom in Jesus from their hurts, their habits, and their hangups. 
Why? Because Chris and Mary O. Peterson, they didn't go down to the store and buy the fruit of the Spirit. No. If you know their story, it's filled with hurt and tragedy and habit and hang-up. But year after year of being surrounded in worship, surrounded in the Word, surrounded in the community of God, fruit has borne, and a hundred people last night are finding freedom in Jesus from some of the hardest and most challenging things in their life. Amen to Mariel and Chris. We bless them as they send off and move off, and they're going to another part of Northern California because a ministry needs them up there. It didn't happen overnight for them. It's not going to happen overnight for you and me, but it will happen. And the Apostle Paul reminds us of that reality. Chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You were called to that. You were freed for that. In Jesus' name, amen.